Hey guys, this is John and welcome to another episode of the Meat Gistics Podcast. So we had some good guests for you recently. We do not have a guest for today's episode. I also don't have Austin here. Uh, some things came up last minute. So I will be doing this one by myself, but I got Patrick mic'd up back there. Hey, hey. And we've got plenty to talk about. So we just spent the weekend at Omaha for Pheasant Fest. It is Pheasants and Quails Forever's big yearly blast. It's their big thing. Um, great event, tons of fun. Uh, so we'll talk about that, what went on, what we did, kind of what came out of it. And then I've also got some interesting news for um, Meat Matters. Now, I will warn you ahead of time, there are a lot of bad stories in that. So maybe get yourself a glass of whiskey or something as long as it's late in the day, because that one's going to be a little bit of a rough ride. I will do my best to keep it somewhat positive, um, but... There's some weird slash bad things coming on the uh, the front. We good back there? Okay. We dropped something. So we'll leave that in. All right. So first of all, we took seven people to Pheasant Fest this year. It was the media department. We had both Pat and Patrick, myself. We had Austin. We had Brett. Um, we had his wife. And we had Josh, our retail store manager. It was awesome a long day. Like every day was a long day. We got there. We came up Wednesday because there was going to be some snow moving in. So we decided to go up a day earlier than we planned. Then Thursday, we were setting up our booth from nine until what, like four, Patrick? Yeah. Oh so, yeah. That was a full day. Somewhere around If we that. didn't have the, the foam square bottoms on our feet, I don't think. We have the... Yeah. It's hard to explain. I'll let them go. We have these... Uh, so for our booth, some people have like carpet laid down and you have to pay the venue for that, first of all. And second of all, it's just carpet. Um, so we have this like foam puzzle piece put together thing, super simple. It's just squares. Uh, but oh my good Lord, does that save your back? Like we had people walking on our booth or in our booth just to get a break from walking on all the concrete. Um, it's amazing how week we've become as a species. We're like, no, this concrete's too hard to walk on. I can't do it. Uh, so we set up our booth. Uh, it is the same booth that we bring to like the AMP conventions. So it is a commercial booth. So it's great. It draws a lot of attention. It's, I would say like 13 feet high, something like that. We have TVs on it. Uh, so it's very, very noticeable, um, but it takes a long time to set up. People often confuse it for a uh, roller coaster. Or yes, something of a sort. Is, yeah, it's very extravagant. All the all the metal. It looks like one of those that your feet dangle and you're just absolutely terrified the entire yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, one of the roadies brought that up. Uh, he's like, hey, are you guys setting up a roller coaster? Um, one of the weird things that happened during this Pheasant Fest is numerous times. So our slogan is obviously everything but the meat, right? So that's a reference to the fact that we sell. Casing, seasoning, additives, equipment, everything you need to make products except the meat. I made about 200 pounds of snack sticks. They were out of poultry this time. Um, half of it was habanero barbecue with cheddar cheese. The other half was Willie's with uh, mozzarella cheese. Normally, I would make Willie's with cheddar, but I wanted an easy, like identifiable difference between the two. We had at least four or five people thinking it was vegan meat, like everything but the meat. So it's like, it tastes like meat, but it's not meat. 
Um, we also had somebody think that they were pretzels. We had two people think they were pretzels. Think yeah. they were pretzels. Now that one I can kind of understand because of how they had to lay before I vacuum or vacuum sure. uh, packed them. And there was twists. Saw, and if you saw only one side of our uh, booth, we had jams and jellies and stuff. So if you saw that, went around the other way, went, oh, they have pretzels for you to try them. That would make some sense, yeah. But uh, but no. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't. Less than one half of one percent of people. <laughs> yeah, it's no insane. Um, but so when those snack sticks came out, I I made the executive decision. Whatever. I didn't talk to anyone else here about them. I'm just like I'm making these out of chicken. It's going to be the closest to pheasant. I want to show people that you can make a really good tasting product out of poultry. So made them. Everything went fine. Came in on a, a Saturday or a Sunday. I think Sunday to do that. Uh, came in the next day, tried one, and immediately my reaction was just, oh, great. I've just ruined Pheasant Fest. Oh, no. <laughs> like they have literally no flavor. Oh, gosh. The The... The Willies, it's like, yeah, it's Willies, but it's not flavorful. And the habanero barbecue, it's like, yeah, there's some sweetness, but I would never identify that as habanero barbecue. Oh, gosh. So a couple of days later, they kind of, you know, as they do, they develop more and more and more. Um, and day of, they were great. So we had no problems with that. Thank the good Lord. I did have numerous people say that they thought the Willies was hotter than the habanero barbecue. Now, I've experienced that phenomenon from time to time it's if if a piece of like black pepper so to speak like size spice hits you in the back of the throat yep. it's gonna drastically especially with snacks it's just throw off throw off the wrong word but it is gonna bite back at you so to speak it's gonna go ooh, that's a little that's a little warmer but for yeah nine times out of ten you're if it says habanero if it says but it's gonna be spicier than the willies the willies is just very original but with black pepper i mean how many times have you been post a meal and you go oh i got a piece of pepper in my teeth chew on it boom there's that spice that comes. Out yeah. So maybe it's when that pepper kernel or whatever it is hits you in the chewing process that makes it either hot or not or where it hits you. If it's in farther back in the throat, probably there was, experience there, it a lot more. There was one guy that I'd never seen this reaction before. He he had a bite of Willie's. He goes, oh, that's awful. And then he spit it out. He goes, don't try that one. Try that. I went, um, that's the first time I've ever heard anyone say that. Now, that's interesting. I didn't even follow up. I just assumed he didn't like meat or something. So. Well, that's possible. <laughs> it's possible. Um, but we also did uh, three demonstrations on the wild game cooking stage. They took pity on me and just made it at two o'clock each day. So I didn't have to get confused because I definitely would have. Um, so on the first day, which is Friday, I did how to make pheasant snack sticks. On the second day, I did how to make uh, pheasant summer sausage, and on the third day was bratwursts. So on the first two days, um, I just I gave those away to the audience members, anybody who wanted to take it home and smoke it. Um, the third day, I gave most of it to somebody who was working kind of with us. I gave a little bit more to uh, a lady in the audience. Now, I didn't have any pork fat with me, so we used carrot fiber. Uh, we also used carrot fiber because sure gel is impossible to get. Yeah. I didn't want to steal the last little bit we had. Um, but I did. I was very careful to let those people know. I'm like, all right, now this is a not a low fat product. This is a no fat product. So I added a little bit more seasoning than I normally would. Um, I just wanted if they happen to be listening to this, if you tried it and it was <laughs> not that flavorful, just remember it has no uh, fat in it. God, that hurt. Oh, My his hands, hand, his hands are are a destroyed. mess right now. So I I cut off the tip of my thumb as I was Ish. chopping up the snack sticks into little bite-sized pieces. 
Um, uh, my dog caught me right across one of the knuckles with his dew claw, which was super sharp, much like a velociraptor. And then last two weeks ago, I was putting a, a either a 22, yeah, it was a 22 uh, grinder up onto the line because it was sending it kind of special. And I didn't clear the line the whole way. So it just scraped off all of the knuck or all of the skin on my knuckle. So my left hand is just a mess. <laughs> I made the joke, um, you know, the thing Kurt Ratzliff and Kurt Carter always say is the man with blood on his hands is who everybody wants to buy their meat from. I made the joke that I took that a little bit too literally and that I showed them my hand. Friday, kind of, eh, whatever. Saturday, pretty good reaction. Sunday, there was like four people there. <laughs> if we do this, if we do Pheasant Fest again, um, I will not be on the last day of doing that. anything on Sunday. It's useless. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's gone. Nobody comes in. Oh, yeah. It, we it, have to go, hey, you guys want a lot of these, all these snack sticks? I don't know how you make it worth it. Yeah. I really don't. Hey, did you... I, if you would have never told me that those were chicken, I would have never guessed. They they imparted such a natural pork flavor to me. Now pork flavor, really? Well, see, I say that with an asterisk next to it because how many times have I just inhaled snack sticks? So, it, I mean, lack of chewing, maybe, but no, it had that like slime's the wrong word, but it had that, had that certain texture. To well, that's, it that's the pork after, fat, exactly. After you let it set to in the fridge, and then yep. it helped release that flavor bomb. But yeah, to me, if you would have never said anything about it being poultry, I wouldn't have uh, geared that way. Well, I wanted to call it out to everybody. So my my spiel as people were walking by would be like, "Hey, do you want some snack sticks? They are made out of uh, chicken with twenty percent pork fat." So I wanted them to know right away that they weren't going to be like your normal snack sticks. Hoping to a intrigue them, I guess. Yep. B, also alert them like, hey, you know, it's going to be a different flavor, but also like show that as long as you add pork fat, you can make a delicious product out of poultry. Because we had done chicken snack sticks here a, a cup, like a year and a half, two uh -huh. years ago. Yep. Uh, do you remember that seasoning? That's when we got hatch, hatch green chili, right? Yep. And we did that with cheddar, I believe. Anyways, yeah. texture aside, it, I mean, even that had a way unique, like immediately you go, oh, that's chicken. Well, it was drier. Mm, so what I did this time... And I, I don't know that I'd do it again, though. In the end, I think it helped. Um, instead of running my pork fat through the grinder as I was doing the chicken, I wanted to make sure that each batch had the correct amount of pork. So I ground them separately, and I ended up grinding the pork fat only once. Oh, so it's okay. a little thicker of In, a piece. Yeah. So if you notice, there were a couple of pieces, and I would toss them as I saw them, that had more pork fat on the side. So I mm -hmm. guarantee you... With the guy who bit uh, into it and said it's slimy. Yeah. I'll guarantee you he had one that had a, a large piece of pork fat Something. along the side. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's usually usually my luck. That it's, it's like my last bite. I was, no matter what the meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, or something as simple as a snack stick, I always try to save the the best bite for last. Yeah. It's the worst when the the last bite that you think is the best turns out to be the worst bite. Yeah, because it kills the rest of the meal. Oh, yeah, the right. entire meal. You can't finish with I go, in fact, I need to eat something else thinking about it. Just to <laughs> just to palate cleanse that. Um, so uh, we did a couple other things there. Um, we went to a live podcast of uh, episode of The Flush with Travis um, and Tyler Webster. That was absolutely great. That was tons of fun to listen to. It was interesting to see how they do it live. They were just calling random, not random people. They were calling people up onto the stage. Like they brought a newly engaged couple who were going to go bird hunting on their honeymoon mm. up 
to talk about that, I guess. Not exactly what I would consider <laughs> an ideal honeymoon. Yeah. But, I mean, I get it. If you and your wife are oh, both that's into what you're the, into. Sure. Then, yeah. Yeah, that'd be stellar. I like laying on a beach and having drinks with little umbrellas in them, but, you know. Oh, yeah. No movement is what I'm about. So. To each their own. <laughs> to each their own. Whatever you want to do. Um, <clears throat> we also have these new uh, flavor crisps. So it's the same chicken on the run stuff, but it's in a retail pack. So this is a 16-ounce resealable casing or a bag, not a casing. Pat from Flavor Crisp was nice enough to actually hand deliver these to us at the booth. We got a chance to talk to him, and he is just a super nice guy, unbelievably nice guy. And for a company that, you know, for a family company, it makes all the difference in the world to have that like face-to-face -face time, um, see him. We've talked to him, dealt with him, emailed back and forth. He's obviously a very nice guy, very positive guy, but it was really good to get to talk to him in person. Uh, I will continue to say that this is one of the best breadings I've ever had. I'm going to be trying it here pretty soon, as Patrick did. Um, he used it as both the wet and the dry. So we, you mix some of this with some water, and then instead of an egg wash, you dip your meat in that. Then you dip it in some dry of this. Then you go back to the wet of this. Then you go back to the dry. And then go you go to your fryer. What was cool about this, it, it, it's a local product to Omaha. So For Omaha, yeah. Yeah, so it was interesting to see people that had heard about it and were familiar. And they're like, oh, that's the only thing I, I put on it. So, um, A couple other things I want to talk about with Omaha. There is a pizza restaurant there called Pitch mm. that is phenomenal. It's all cold-fired uh, pizzas and my pizza was amazing. They also made us try Brussels sprouts, which normally I would hate, but they were really, really good. Yeah. Did you not have any? No, I didn't go for yeah. that. So one was uh, a spicy pistachio, and the other one was uh, pancetta and something. Both yeah, they, they, yeah, they looked stellar, but I I know better. No, it, they tasted better. as good as they looked and smelled. Okay. Um, we also got to talk to Ron from the Hunting Dog podcast. Uh, super nice guy. He's very, I, he's just a character. He makes me laugh anytime I talk to him. Uh, I was sitting at the the sample table or table talking to people, and he walks by and he's like, "So, sir, could I make this at home?" <laughs> and you know, I played right back into it. He's like, "Hey, I was trying to get you a sale." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> like, I just came back as obvious as you were with it. I'm like, oh, what? he thought he was being coy. I, I, no, I, I think he was making a joke, but still. Well, he's, I, I went up to uh, uh, the, what's Josh's title now from the store? Uh, retail store manager. Anyway, anyways, he was there uh, rocking it at the at the sample table. He had, he he was so zoned in. I went up to it and I started just asking him questions about it. He had no he idea. He didn't know it was you? And I go, what flavor are these, sir? And he, oh, we got one chicken. And he looked up, he goes, oh, dude. I was <laughs> like, man, I had, I could have had you on the, the hook for a little bit there. Um, but all in all, it was a great time. We got to meet a ton of good people. Uh, we brought up a grinder mixer, stuffer, vacuum sealer, scale, tenderizer, and gave them all away. Uh, so we did it on multiple different drawings. So all the winners only got one, but worked out really well because we got to to spread that around a little bit. Uh, attendance definitely seemed down from two years ago. That could just be the difference between population of Omaha and Minneapolis, though. Oh, yeah. For, for sure. Well, it wasn't the weather. The weather was actually pretty nice held for for the most part it's kind of cold but compared to two years ago in minneapolis where it was it was nothing absolutely yeah it, yeah freezing not even not. close to as cold as that the last time we did this 
Austin and I were unloading the trailer <laughs> and I'm in the back of the trailer pushing out something. And he just looks at me and goes, oh my God, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm a little tired. And then I feel like something on my lip and I just brush my hand and it's blood, like just oh, red. Man. So it was so cold that something in my nose, like a blood vessel just broke. I've never had a bloody my nose, nose like just that. Gushing. Blood. I would have freaked out. I probably would have passed out. I would have had like a two instances of the first thing happening to me. First it's in the aneurysm. And then I'm just like, am I the guy that passes out at the side of blood? Yep. I got to go. <laughs> yeah. But no, it, all in all, it was a pretty good time. Um, I was uh, astonished this weekend um, just how many people a just already process or b do process but then stop at only just making loose burger meat out of it mm. so i'm talking you know 20 30 40 guys and i'm just like you guys are right there on the cusp of just making awesome snack sticks jerky and it's, but they just yeah i just do this or i give it to a guy or or i heard the answer of um no but looking to start getting right. into it yep. stuff like, which is great great news because they probably have the problem we have here just trying to get into anywhere for the next four months to a year i talked to people and it was dependent on locale like it seemed like the further north you went the less um the longer the wait for to get into a locker if they were even still around i was talking to some people in smaller cities yeah their lockers were going out of business left and right so it was interesting to see just that dynamic between just geographical locale yeah and there's no re well from our perspective i, I can't imagine a small plant or locker going out of business right now for a lack of business. Mm, I can exactly. see it from like, I don't want to do this anymore and I can't find anyone to buy it. I think it. that's what it was. It was old, a little bit older people uh -huh. or if they give it or if they don't have anyone and to give it to. their kids don't want to do yeah, it. exactly. Nope. And they just kind of went under. And I'm sure those are the the towns of, you know, less than a thousand people maybe or less than 10,000 yep. people. So so I, I would bet what we see in the next five to 10 years is the rise of the large medium size plant so it'll be people kind of not accumulating multiple plants but like the business for multiple plants people who can deal with that without becoming these supersized conglomerations or con conglomerates yeah conglomerates that just they don't want to conquer they just want to they just want live and provide, as much as yeah. they can do mm -hmm. yeah yeah yep for sure uh was there anything else about pheasant fest we want to talk about we did just the stage, much, yeah. the giveaway. We talked about the flush. We talked about Ron. Yeah. The cooking stage. I think that's it. We're trying to push. I think that's push it. Push information. If you guys see a lot of new Meatistics users, that's hopefully well. That a was good one thing. thing. Yeah. Like I, I talked to very few people who were aware of Waltons and weren't aware of Meatistics. Yeah. Um, I also talked to a ton of people who were completely oblivious to both Waltons and Meatistics. And that happened to process their own stuff, too. Yeah, I thought that which was, was awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly who we're trying to reach, people who don't know who we are yeah. and don't really know how to make the best product. Like that's who we want to talk to. So hopefully we'll see a, a bump here in a little bit in some Meatistics users. Oh, yeah. Um, because a lot of guys, they just wanted to know, well, what tastes the best on my pheasant and quail and right I'm getting, and i'm like well we happen to have great things here to try out but it was hard to not necessarily hard but it, some of the stuff that we brought could uh lend people into thinking that we're only like kind of topical stuff and i was like no no no, you can take it back down yeah when you're throwing it in your because 
they're you know they either see it completely retail or they see it we only sell equipment and stuff I'm like, no, no no no, we have everything we have both we have this giveaway equipment right here and we also have stuff that does five 25 or 100 pounds so yep. it's just anything you can imagine and those were the other two things one um people who were like oh cool where can i buy this had to explain to them nope we sell all the seasoning and supplies you need to make it yourself and b then people being like did you bring these seasonings yeah so we can't the habanero mm, barbecue yeah. by itself weighs five pounds exactly like, well I, we'd bring five of them and then the, even that would be a pain in the butt yeah so. it's it's just not feasible no. um so we did have a, a coupon code going during that weekend that we i gave out to a bunch of people i have no idea how many times it was used um and then the last thing uh we ran into so we're walking home one day and i saw this guy with a wing it hat on w-i-n-g-i-t and i'd seen these hats all over the place and they had kids walking around handing out promotional items it's just like this what is it? The kids walk into a booth and just start handing things out. I'm like, well, that's actually really smart. So we're walking back to the hotel one night and the guy's got it on behind me. I turn around, I'm like, all right, so what is wing it? And he looks at me, he just goes, it is uh VRBO for your hunt. Oh, he didn't say VRBO. He said Airbnb. Airbnb for your hunting land. And I just turned to Josh, who's our retail store manager. I'm like, that's genius. Yeah. And so we kind of talked a little bit more on the way to the hotel. He went a different way. And I was just thinking about it the rest of the night. First of all, I grew up with the kid who created Airbnb. He was <laughs> my best friend's younger the, brother's like best friend. You didn't invest in him, dude? I had no idea. Did Listen, he seem bright? Once, once we all graduated <laughs> high school, I never thought of or talked oh, to that no, kid ever again. Totally, totally. Like just outside my it is one of those weird, just like, well, what are you going to do? You know, yeah. even if you were to go back in time, it's just like, oh, he's probably a weirdo. He needs his alone time to even come up with the idea in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, nothing seemed odd about it. He seemed very average, but yeah. whatever. Anyways. <laughs> what so, a compliment nowadays. You seem very, you seem very average. average. There's nothing about you that makes me go. <laughs> go <laughs> don't like it. Um, so, but yes. what an amazing single sentence there. Their oh, product. If your elevator pitch is, it, is that that's strong. That's it. And you don't have to go, well, it's that, well, that's it's this. all you have to say. And you just look at people and nod. Gets across your, we went, like, wow. perfect. Mm -hmm. It was absolutely perfect. He didn't need to say more than a sentence for me to be like, that is a great Because the people that already have that land, if the app or whatever they decide to do is, is as seamless as these other big ones, and they're already taking pictures the same way that they would and, yep. and setting up information and they know the lay of the land and they can even get involved as far as uh, being a guide, so to speak, on certain days and stuff like that. If they have to. That's yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. There's certain things, but you use this to get them out of the way. So they're working with uh, developers right now. They're creating an app and it'll be called the Wing It app. They're working with landowners and they've got a ridiculous amount of landowners signed up. Like I forget the exact number, but it is an insane amount. So what they're going to do is they'll charge a membership fee, just like Onyx. Um, and then they'll also take a small portion of like whatever that transaction is between the landowner and the user. So they have two revenue streams. Shoot. I'll wait to say that firmly. We are going to have them on the podcast. Uh, they want to come we badly want to have them on yeah, disclaimer we might be wrong we might be wrong things, on that but yeah we might be wrong we're trying to do our best to really just streamline it to, to you guys. and to remember yeah. as we all know remembering is not my specialty but it is an absolutely awesome idea 
Um, like kinda, as a guy who has no land or even know how it works, but I'm assuming it's if I had land, I'm just like I'm doing nothing with it. In the meantime, it's just it it makes total sense is yep. to just get money for your land that you're constantly either using or not using. So, and another thing, especially in Kansas where there's such little public land to hunt on, probably like your generation, a reason a bunch of them don't go hunt is because nobody taught you guys how to speak to somebody you don't know properly like I, I, that's not an insult no like, i know there's a lot of people like that yeah no. like a lot going of up happen and, to be in my age group for sure yeah. yeah for whatever reason going up and knocking on somebody's door that you don't oh, know dude. i imagine is a nightmare for you that is like yeah no for me i love it i'm one of those oh, okay well remember i i have older brothers so i kind of took cues from them but like yeah my brothers still they roll up on their friends and just knock on the door so i do the same same thing like that. And, but I don't like people that get upset when they're like, why didn't you call me? I'm just like, cause you have a front door and right. I knocked well, on it. Cause I can use, why that. do you have a doorbell? You know what I mean? Eradicate your, your ring. You know <laughs> what I mean? If you don't expect people to ever show up at your house, but there is an entire generation of kids who don't know how to talk to somebody they don't know. Yep. So going up and knocking on someone's door and asking if you can hunt their land, like, what do I need to do? Obviously you want it to be somewhat transactional. Like, do you need help doing a B or C? If I do those for you, will you let me hunt on these days? Um, that doesn't seem to be something a lot of people are comfortable with anymore. So or, this, yeah, totally. And I, and just even bringing it up, it's just do they do they even know that that's an option? Right. Yeah. Right. Like the idea of public land, right? It's just maybe that's kind of a gray term right now because public seems all encompassed that I don't need permission, but at the same time, you would want to do the respectful thing and ask permission, right? Because public seems like I wouldn't need to talk public, to Public, you don't need to. Public land, oh, okay. you can so do whatever you want. We're talking about, yeah, we're okay. talking about like you own the land. Okay. Right, right. Like I'm knocking on a farmer's door and asking, hey. And you use those services, like you are saying, you talked about earlier, that you would find those locations out uh Well, that's first. what Wing It's going to do. Oh, okay. So this would just be like, I know I live near this guy who's got quarters. I'm going to go knock on his door and see if he needs help hailing bay. And that mm -hmm. will let me hunt birds from here to here, you know? Yeah. So you make like an agreement with them. This takes all of that out of it. And it's just, hey, I've got this land. If anybody wants to hunt on it these days, let me know. I will charge you this much money. It, it, it It's genius. It's absolutely perfect. And I think I'd be shocked if they're not like not a household name, but like a hunter's household name within a couple of years. They've got all the investment they need. It seems like at least um, they've got like really, sounds like really good developers working on it. And I was asking them about the app and every question I asked, they had an answer for. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get into that because we will have them on the podcast and we'll talk about that. They are also a Kansas company, which obviously we like. Um, so orange too. I saw a lot of orange. Happen. It was a lot of orange, which is good. It's a good crossover for us. We so. enjoy that. Now blue would be better, but I mean, what can you do? All right. So that is pretty much our experience at Pheasant Fest. Oh no, it's not. There's one thing I have to talk about, <laughs> and this annoyed me very, very much. So I'm. We get to uh, the banquet, Pheasant Fest main ba banquet. I show up, walk over meet everyone else at the table, go get a drink. As I'm over there getting a drink, <laughs> I hear <laughs> something about a raffle for four shotguns. And I hear the name Brett Walton. I just go, are you kidding me? And I kind of laugh, 
somewhat in like not frustration but disbelievement um (laughs) and everybody around me just looks at me and i'm like yeah that's my boss and then i started like everyone else kind of like laughed it off but one guy just keeps looking at me i'm like well i don't want him to think that i have like actual dislike for the fact that he won guns so i was like i love them i'm like but he's won more guns than i will ever own i hope brett listens to this one because my because my reaction was the exact opposite. I cheered like you would not believe. I went, "Oh my god, yes!" I don't feel like that's yeah. true at all. I promise you. I, the guy behind me, he goes, "Is that you?" And I went, <laughs> "No." I go, "That's I go, that's the man in charge." Are you gonna not cheer that? Are you kidding me? So uh, he won. It was called the All Gauge. Um, it was a twelve, a sixteen, a twenty, and a four ten. I think. Yeah, he was looking forward to that 410. That's the one that they didn't have. So I just assumed that he'd give one to Sandy, one to Austin, one to me, and then there'd just be maybe one for him. Like, you know, family. But no, that's not what He's going to make some trades is what I heard. Oh, is he? Yeah. He he wants to get... uh, his uh his grandchildren some kind of starter stuff. So. Yep. So he just needs a, a bigger gun safe. That's what we store was, those in. I yep. was I was talking about that too yesterday. I was like, well, now yep. where, I go now you're gonna have the problem of where do you put these? I go now every mantle is gonna now have its own kind of yeah. like Winchester or something up there. Pretty much. So. Uh, so Brett now has five grandchildren, I think, and two children who've not provided. So he could. He could easily end up with 10 grandchildren. Yeah, we were talking. That was one of the yeah. topics of discussion. So Just he could how, easily how end up quickly with that happens usually. So. so, yeah. So those guns will definitely have value in the future. Um, another thing that was really interesting is when I showed up to the table, I knew that we didn't have all 10 seats. And uh, Chris, who's our PF rep, had told me he was going to sit somebody with us. And he said, you know, we'll make it somebody you guys will get along with. So show up. And it's this, I don't know, I would say a couple years older than me, but not old by any means. Yeah guy with a straight bill hat and like a really elaborate ring and a really big uh bracelet right? bracelet and I, I was just like uh, who is this guy yeah, who's this guy I'm like what is going on here and then brett's like hey john this is and i forget his name from legacy firearms you know he's the ceo and he'd be really good for your podcast and i was like oh okay you know he starts talking and it was like maybe 45 seconds till i was like oh no i love this guy but like he is absolutely exactly, you know, yeah, the stuff like the his, same his, I do. His anecdotal stories weren't just like kind of cool little, th- it was just like, oh my God, that would be the most extravagant, incredibly in depth. <laughs> yeah. So I asked him at one point, I'm like, what do you think about re- or disbanding uh, the ATF? And he had like a really well thought out response to it, talking about what the issues, what the benefits would be. So hopefully at some point we'll get him on now. He's probably a little bit of a big ask. He's the, I think he was the CEO of Legacy Firearms. Um, For those of you who don't know, look up Legacy Firearms. I walk by their booth. They make absolutely gorgeous shotguns. Uh, But what, what an interesting guy. His wife is the head of ergonomics for Apple. Shut up. Yes. What? The head of ergonomics for Apple. So I'm sure it, from what? what it sounded like, they're really struggling Wait, for money. They, they didn't. <laughs> I, I could ask a million questions just about that. I know. The ergonomics of that. I'll be like, Wait, like the products or the people that work there and the location? Oh, the know? products. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be the products. Well, what, what? how can you get more ergonomic than wireless and out of the way? I'm trying to. Well, think. Uh, you're too young for this. The the. Do you remember the Apple 
computer that came out that was just the monitor with yeah, the, of course, with the colored back in the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was the first one that was all was like that. Like right, all right. one, yeah. Then the mouse and keyboard. How much that made an enormous difference with Apple? Oh yeah, the different like shapes of the mouse all yeah. of that no it's no i'm not saying that that definitely that's a role that is coveted and awesome but at the same time it's hard to see like the people that when they first saw that the application for it so here we are like computing has now been taken off the last 25 years it's almost hard to see the next jump of ergonomics to that point because uh, it's almost like less is more now so oh, it's, it's almost, all going to be yeah no like, it's fascinating yeah it's yeah. really really gestures right like minority report and stuff yep yeah, but it'll all be either mm. that or in, no, like because in your moving. fingertips. No, oh, that's a good one. That's so how you just uh, like touch button or touch fingers. You're doing a lot of different numbers for uh, sign language, right there. By the way, oh, I have no idea. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, that was a cool experience, though. By the way, you weren't there at the booth for that. There was a deaf gentleman that came by. Oh, really? And he was asking if we had a, a meat grinder for sale. And he was kind of gesturing with his hands. And he was going real quick. And I go, oh, I go, this is perfect. I've always wanted this moment <laughs> I've been training for happen. this my whole life. So I went, again, slow. I took a little <laughs> bit of ASL. And I signed So it. for those of you who are just listening, Patrick is over-exaggerating his I, American sign language. Like, hold on, hold on. Well, a lot of it's gestures, like in mind, once you set it up. But um, it, yeah, and he was like trying to, he did meet. And then he did a mechanism with his hands. I go, oh, yeah, yeah, right over here. And I gave him a catalog, so. That was fascinating. That's awesome. It was one of those like, oh my God, that was That's so awesome. I had to tell somebody about it. So I was doing uh, all three days. I did about 40 to 45 minutes of talking up on the wild game stage. I then spent the next hour or so cleaning what I had yeah. been using. Yeah, that, that took him a while. It's ridiculous. We had this tiny little sink without like all the things I'm used to having to help clean those. So it took a really long time. When you so, take a kiddie pool next time and just fill it up? Well, I would say I spent more time cleaning than I did up on the stage. So Significantly, yep. Yeah, I don't even know if it was technically worth it. If we sold snack sticks, definitely. Right, but <laughs> yeah. we don't. Yeah. We don't. You get this at the booth right now. We sell the stuff you need to make snack sticks, yes. hence everything but the meat. And the fact that it's vegan only. Right? <laughs> yes. If you take anything away from this podcast, it is we sell everything you need to make snack sticks and vegan only. Okay. So on to meat matters. Now, the last time that this occurred, Watergate was going on. Margaret Thatcher had just been elected as prime minister. And Why Can't We Be Friends was a hit song. Good thing we have an older audience. You'd have to explain all three of those things. Probably. <laughs> Isn't it funny that Britain had a, a female leader long before 30 the, years ago, before 40 the, years ago? Before the idea of it ever yeah. arose. And every, here we're like, no, no, not yet. And then now that it's we have a vice president female, and it's, it's kind of swept it on the rug. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Like, okay. Not a round right. of applause. So We did it, Joe. Let's do it. I guess. Well, they always have been ahead of us. Anyways. Um, this was the last time that American shoppers are spending as much of their paycheck on groceries as we are now. The food at home producer index is up 13.4% since just last February. And this is amazing. And I had to read it numerous times. It's 12.8% higher than January of this year. Hmm. <laughs> of like 60 days ago. So A, take that with a grain of salt. 
we've been saying on this podcast for a long time that if you think your food bill's only gone up 13% in the last year, you're kidding yourself. I'm paying double what I was two years ago. I don't even go to the grocery store anymore. I, I honestly <laughs> and seriously do that. I wear my headphones when I'm walking around the grocery store listening to podcasts. I take them out. I look at the person checking me out and I go, do not tell me the amount. <laughs> Throw the receipt out. I'm like, I don't want to look Good at thing it. Good thing you don't do your own then because you'd have to stare at everything and how much it costs. It's going to ruin the rest of my day. It, it so it's like is. I'm not paying attention <laughs> to it. I'm like, forget it. I mm -hmm. don't want to think about it. That's how bad it is. Yep. Now, thank God I'm in the situation I'm in where I don't have to you know, worry about that, but tons of people do. So I know people all across the country are making difficult decisions at the grocery store. Well, it goes deeper in that, I think, because it's now they're settling for stuff that's potentially unhealthy, yeah, right? And then, sure. I mean, that's the bottom line on that is you die sooner. So it's like, this is a big, bigger deal than I think we're, because it's like, you like to feel subtly inconvenienced, inconvenience and just be like, sorry, inconvenience. Yeah, I was going to say. And, um, and just go, oh, that sucks where I'm spending $20, $30 more. But how about if you said, oh, I'm 20% of my life expectancy Can't, is gone. Yeah. Like, that, how about you look at it like difference. that? Yeah. Now, the, these two stories aren't, related um but i've been keeping this one in reserve for a while um the world health organization who obviously we all know has never been wrong about anything um says meat causes cancer <laughs> yeah that one so real quick a couple other things um what else is in the same category as uh yeah didn't they call it a class three or something class b i Car believe carcinogen or shift work <laughs> glass containers roofing oh yeah all of the and, and very hot beverages. Sorry, don't forget that Whoa. one. Very hot beverages. Anything over sixty-five degrees. That's, that's hold on, bogus. I saw a video where it said if you drink anything too cold, the fat inside you actually congeal, and then that's what's really bad for you. So, aha, it's impossible. <laughs> it, it's literally impossible in today's world to know what's going on. Well, the if you don't listen drink, yeah. to what they say, you're ill-informed. If you do listen, you're misinformed. Who said yeah. that? Uh, Denzel Washington mm. said that. It was the perfect quote. That was like 20 years ago. I remember uh, 10 years ago. I remember seeing that and be like, oh my God, he's so smart. Yeah, because you could be right on, but on the wrong platform and they'll look at you like you're nuts. So Yep. And then one other thing on the World Health Organization's list of probable uh, cancer-causing agents is DDT. DDT is a probable. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's been un- questionably shown that ddt causes cancer well yeah it was uh that was jake the snake's finisher no no day, i so. knew you were gonna go wrestling on <laughs> hey, that a lot of our fans are wrestling fans okay also it's not red meat that they're calling carcinogen it's the way it's cooked so hot very hot um or fried yeah that article was kind of laughable it as was. you scroll through it was just like oh wait they're trying to make claims for what things are and their root of it was just wrong. Like you're saying, a lot of it was temperature based. And I was like, right. Wait, so, what? so the the second article on that was um, meat causes cancer. Learn why you should ditch it now. Cancer wisdom. And that was the yeah. that was the. It had a link. Yeah, that was the link on the it. call to action, as we call it. So it says meat and dairy are behind many diseases like cancer, heart disease, and diabetes. Our bodies are not built to eat meat. If you look back in history, few people ate meat. Only kings or pharaohs could afford it. And that is the reason why only kings were fat. What does that sound like? 
Slaves and peasants were slim because they ate a more plant-based diet. That sounds like, remember, uh, about two months ago, you you said a a UK official said only steak would be now eaten by the rich. Yep. That sounds oddly familiar. It's the exact same thing. But I, I think probably the reason that slaves were more fit is because they were forced to work all the yeah. time. I think that probably sorry, makes yeah. a little bit more sense, <laughs> a little bit more sense. And you can't say that we weren't designed to eat meat when we have canines, incisors, and we've eaten meat as far back as you can find. Yep. Go way back in ancient history, you will find mammoth bones with obvious man-made tool markings on them because we butchered them. And then the scientific- And then ate the meat. Research that says that what then our IQ grew when we started to like cook the meat even yep. and stuff like yep. that. So yeah, more access just, to protein. There's just a lot of things that are going against their very simple-minded explanation. So that made me very very mad, um, and I did a bunch of searching and found study finds meat consumption correlation to greater life expectancy. So we'll go through a bunch of this and just say quote from the article. Our team broadly analyzed the correlations between meat eating and life expectancy and child mortality. At global and regional levels, minimizing the study bias and making our conclusions more representative of the general health effects of meat eating, the research found the consumption of energy from carbohydrate crops like grains and tubers did not lead to a greater life expectancy and total meat consumption correlated to greater life expectancy. Independent of the competing effects of total calorie intake, economic affluence, urban advantages, and obesity. So I don't know. That doesn't quite sound as biased about or then like only kings and pharaohs ate it, and that's why they were fat. That seems a lot more scientific to me. Now, yes, confirmation bias, absolutely. 100% that says what I want it to say, and the other one says the exact opposite. But I know there are people who read that first quote that we read and hook, line, and sinker. Mm -hmm. Just buy into that. And that's why you're fat sitting at home and sad watching TV. When I was chubby growing up, when people would make fun of me, I'd go, well, only kings and pharaohs were fat growing (laughs) up. So only, uh, you're actually uh, talking up to me (laughs) right now. You should address me as (laughs) your Lord. Um, I actually remember I was probably like 13 years old, went to store to buy new pants. And the lady, I was trying to find pants that fit, and she brought me into the husky section. I knew you were going to say the H word. And that was it. That was it. Like, I was after that, I was like, this is never happening again. Uh, My mom was trying to, she's like, you're not fat, John. You're just really big for your age, which I know seems ridiculous now. I've heard it all. You're just big boned. You're husky. But I was this size when I was in middle school. Ah, that's a good point. Yeah, you were. Ridiculous. No, I was, I I look like Bobby Hill growing up. So. (laughs) I got the photos to prove it. All right. So a couple more stories real quick. Um, and these, I'm sorry to end on these, but they're they're not good stories. I'm going to be leaving work today. I'll be going directly to Dylan's and buying every bit of chicken they have and then freezing it. Because um, avian influenza has been confirmed in another flock, this time in Jefferson County, Wisconsin. The flock's isolated. And it's going to be cold, so it will never make its way into the food market But I wanted to do some deeper dive on this. So I spent about an hour kind of researching what's going on with this uh, avian influenza outbreak. And the USDA or the APHIS, which is their like uh, 
infectious disease section of the USDA, will continue to announce the first case of HPAI, which is the avian influenza, in commercial and backyard flocks detected in a state, but will not announce subsequent detections in that state. What? <laughs> so we're going to have no idea how many flocks, how many birds are infected in each state. It's like, oh, no, now Missouri has it. Now Wisconsin has it. Now don't worry how many in there have it. That seems like the exact, well, not the exact opposite, but that does not seem like it's the right thing for the USDA to be doing. Should be keeping us up to date on how many birds in each state, how many flocks in each state are infected. I, I really don't know. It, it makes me super nervous, but. How do they define a flock? Sorry to interrupt. But. So there's there's a couple different ways they define a flock, and we will get to that in a second. Okay. Since the beginning of this month, which today is the 16th day of this month, so 16 days, there have been 22 confirmed cases of avian influenza this month alone. And those span across 16 different states. So some of them had multiple, but 16 different states had 22 flocks identified avian influenza in them. Now, nine of those are what are considered uh, a mixed breed or backyard mixed, and they're not true commercial sized flocks. I tried to find what is identified as a mixed backyard and what is a commercial process or commercial flock, but there doesn't at least seem to be any easily accessible information on that. So the largest backyard mix I found was uh, 264. So I don't know, maybe somebody in the comments has a better idea what level you have to get at before you're considered uh, commercial. But um, I know we've said it a bunch of times, um, but like I said before, I will be leaving work today, going to Dylan's, buying all the chicken they have available. When I say all of the chicken, I know you probably think I just mean a couple of packages. I mean, I'm Absolutely ready to spend a thousand dollars in chicken today. Uh, I will buy every pack of fresh chicken that they have, take it home, back seal it, and not worry about that for the next however long it takes my wife and I to eat through that. We eat a ridiculous amount of chicken. When the whole thing was going on with you know me eating two steaks a week or whatever, that has, I, I've never added that back in just because the well, I've never added two steaks a week back in just because the the prices continue to stay fairly high, not as bad as it was, but fairly high. Um, but chicken, a price increase in chicken would probably hurt us more than a price increase in beef. I saw um, an interesting stat now. Um, I, I, I believe it to be truthful, but if it's not, totally understand why sure. not. But it said um, this has to do with alcohol consumption. It was the top 10% of people that consume alcohol are actually – Buying 60% oh, of I, the total intake. Sure. I would have imagined it was higher than 60%. So that what so in layman, 10% of the top alcoholics, so to speak, are keeping afloat 60% of the entire so I wonder what that is with meat consumption, maybe. Do sure. the top do the top per 10% of people that do potentially what you're saying, does that account for that larger percentage as well? That'd That's a, a great question. I assume I it, would, it might because a lot, you know, people that have these giant deep freezes and stuff like that and just are always people prepared. who have giant deep freezes almost uniformly i would imagine extremely high percentage of them are hunters yes 
Oh, yeah, for sure. I would imagine. And, that if, they're, and if they're not, they're closer to agriculture than you right. think. Right. Or, yeah. Or they own a farm. Or they know, and they know a guy. They go half in on a cow with somebody. Yep. Oh, yep. yeah. Because I know people that don't hunt. You would have no idea even have like a green thumb, so to speak, or outdoorsman. And they go, oh, yeah, my, me and my dad, we go half in on a cow or a pig. It's just because someone knows a guy and they just know exactly how much money they're going to save on groceries. Yeah. And it's it. always, they've always been, that's always been available to them. So they take it. Advantage, advantage of it. Of it yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good question, though. I would imagine it's less than alcohol. I, I would too. But just still just harder fairly to source. high. Yeah. Still yeah. fairly high. Um maybe 30 or 40, not 60, but yeah, I, I would imagine. 40 so. was the number that popped right into my head, but that is a guess. Yeah. And that's just at a retail, you know. The good news is just, yeah. they come to the Meet Your Six podcasts for our guests. Our <laughs> guesses. No real yeah. information. Well, I, I wish there was a way, I guess, to make that. Well, where would you even begin <coughs> to look for such a such a stat? You would have to. You'd have to. No. And it'd be five years old at best with, with, with the current information. Oh, it'd right? be worse than that. You'd have to rely on consumer report data. Oh, yeah. So you'd have to like pull people. And none of that probably. That's probably pre-COVID, those numbers. So. It's not even that. It's just that, that is the most unreliable way. That That's the same thing with like uh, all the the how much meat do you eat, you know, what mm. type of cancers you develop. Oh, that's a great point. You're relying on people to be honest, and they oh, yeah. never are in those reports. Yeah. Ever. For a quick story, I was a fairly honest kid. Um, one year I got sent something to, like, write down what radio stations I listened to, <laughs> and they sent me a literally a couple of dollars a week. I made up all of it, literally all of it. I was <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I listened to 92.3. Did you sound like time. me and my sixth grade reading log, me and my mother would fill out. They go, they want me to read. I go, mom, they want me to read like 10 hours of stuff a week. She goes, well, just not whatever. Just and then I'll sign it. Well, she goes, my mom's actually, she goes, it's not that you're not reading. She goes, I just don't expect you to stare at a book for two hours a night. But like when you're out and about in the world, she goes, you're not getting time for those instances so we found a happy medium where i'm not a complete and total you know slow person but at the same time i'm not going to spend i'm not i'm not going to mit so please john continue definitely not definitely not none of us are um all right so real quick uh last one is there is a new our monogram meat plant that's opening up in tennessee it's going to be 53 and a half million dollars it's going to create 400 new, really, sounds like really well-paying jobs. Um, they're going to do everything from meat snacks to appetizers or d'oeuvres. Um, so if you are in the Nashville area, because it is in somewhere near Nashville, that might be a great place to look for a job. Um, I highly, highly recommend everybody, not everybody, but if somebody's looking for a job, getting into the food industry, it, this is a great time to do it. One Knowledge of how to make food is going to be, is very important. It will continue to be very important no matter what happens in the future in our country, in the world. Um, Unless it starts raining food. But uh, which is that, unlikely, possible. Cloudy with unlikely. a chance of meatballs. Um, so can the title of this one be raining food? But how would you say it like raining men? Oh, geez. It's a raining food. We'll find another lyric in that, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's possible. Hallelujah, it's rain and food. I mean, that's how you would do it. Yes. Yeah. Well, the, well, we pick names very loosely. Yeah, very, very loosely. <laughs> you should hear the 
how those conversations normally go. It's ridiculous. Didn't we come up with one in the car on the way to uh, Pheasant Fest? I yeah. can't remember. Yeah, we often come One person will say something go, one that's was, the name of the next podcast. Yeah, one was classic, though. Anyways, probably not work-related. <laughs> there, none of them are work-related. <laughs> it's usually uh, 80s music that we can all get on board with. <laughs> we'll take a lyric and then just strip it apart and throw a meat in there somewhere. So, You got yeah. anything else for this week? Nope. That's it. Cool. Well, yeah, we had a great time at Pheasant Fest. So it I was mean, awesome that we'll have to check it out again. Uh, next year, it's going to be in uh, Minneapolis. Yeah. So they did release that at the end of the towards the end of the banquet. Um, also, real quick, for anyone who is interested in the banquet, it was really well done this year. That, that, that those little videos they showed, those were fantastic. Yeah, those were they sh- great. They did a good relationship with the people and their dogs and stuff yep. like that. And then um, the gentleman that they brought up who was a Green Beret for yep. about, what do you say, 11 years? That guy was awesome. Yeah, they do a great color guard. Tribute. Hank Shaw. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know who Hank Shaw is, he's a, a really well-known and well-respected wild game cook. He spoke. He also um, cooked on the wild game stage. I was lucky enough to get to spend some time with him behind the wild game cooking stage, just kind of talking to them. Um, they did a, a, a really, really good job. So that was awesome. All right. But that's it. That's yeah. all I've got. Yeah, I had a great weekend. It was fantastic. Well, I'm exhausted still. <laughs> yeah, I'm feet. so tired still. Yeah. Literally every day, including Friday, which didn't start till noon, my day started at 8, <laughs> and none of them finished before like 10, 1030. Did you work out only the first day you got First there? two days. First two days. First two days. He still snuck it in. And then, yeah, I snuck it in. <laughs> and then, yeah, so the working out was before that 8 o'clock time. Um, Friday, there was some country star there who, uh, Warren Goggling. Morgan Wallen. Morgan Wallen, there you go. Um, oh. Idiots on my floor partied until 3.15. And I just had to keep telling myself, you were young once, don't go out there. Don't You were go young, like it's not worth yeah. it. And I heard security come talk to them a few times and it had literally no effect. So I just tried to remain calm, fall back asleep. So it was like, nah. That was the second coolest show that weekend though, wasn't it? Yeah. So we're sitting in the booth. No, it was before we were setting up the booth. Someone goes, yeah, and Tool's here talking to me. And I go, Patrick, did you know Tool was here? I had no idea. So I'd got floor seats a year ago and then they canceled their their tour that were that was coming here to Wichita. So I just go, oh, I'll probably never see him. Paid attention to work. We're sitting there setting up the booth and John's like, oh, tools in town. I was like, whatever. And I was just like, well, they're gonna be at a different venue. So I'm not even gonna bother thinking of getting a new Going like there, that, right, that yeah. like all the fuss with that. So I look it up in my uh, room layer that night. I go, where's the directions of this place? 250 feet away. It's the exact same building yep. that we were in. So I actually got to do double duty and go check it out for the first time. So that was that was a lot of fun. Huge highlight for me. Awesome. All right. Uh, remember to like, comment, subscribe. Visit waltonsinc.com, logistics.com to find everything but me. We'll see you guys next time. Right on. Bye, guys. Tip. Thanks for checking out the Meatistics podcast. To shop everything but the meat, head on over to waltonsinc.com. And to get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at meatgistics.com. Waltons.